of his cross. The word of the Lord. And the gospel is on the 23rd chapter of Luke, the gospel reading, chapter 23. So on the feast of Christ the King, we're celebrating his preeminence and his exaltation. But we come back to the the center of it all and we come back to the cross. And so this is a reading actually with Jesus um, uh, on the cross um, uh, because it's it's the heart of our story. And so we, we, we return to that. A reading from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel of Luke. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You all please be seated. Well, first of all, this, uh, uh, this is a trivia question and answer. Uh, what is the middle verse of the whole of Bible, of the Bible, between Genesis and Revelation? What is the middle verse? I mean, I would have no, no idea if someone hadn't taught me once upon a time. And would it be special if the middle verse was something really special, too? Well, the middle verse we read today in the psalm is the exact middle of all the verses of the Bible. It's Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. That's the middle verse of the scripture. Isn't that lovely? Just that, you know, if you say, well, what's, what's the middle verse? If, if we could find that out. So it's been found out. And uh, what a perfect uh, place right in the center. Be still and know that I am God. And secondly, do you all know that spiritual exercise that uh, people do sometimes as a way of praying and meditating using that verse? And so what you do, if you, do you all know this? No? All right. Try this sometime in your, your personal time while you're praying. Try this. So uh, you, uh, you say the verse, be still and know that I am God. Take a pause, take a breath, and then drop off the last word in the sentence. Be still and know that I am. And then drop off that last word. Be still and know that I. Then be still and know that. Then each time pause, as long as you wish, meditate on it, ponder it, think on it. Be still 
and know. And then be still. And the last one is just the, the one word, of course, be. It's a very powerful means of using scripture for, um, um, it'd be called Lectio Divina, just praying the scripture, but it's, it's a very powerful meditation. I encourage it just from time to time. Do that as a spiritual exercise in your uh, daily routine from time to time. You'll be at the middle verse of the Bible. That's powerful. It's a beautiful verse. Be still and know that I am God. And then now you can use it as a meditation and reflection. And it simply will draw you closer to the Lord. You'll feel yourself more and more in his presence. This is one of my favorite feast days. The Feast of Christ the King. When it's all over. When it's all said and done. When earth has expired. When we are all gone. Uh, what is uh, uh, what remains, and what remains is this wonderful absolute truth. Come in, Alice. Great to have you. We're just glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. I'm glad you didn't say. <laughs> This is um, so this declaration when it's all said and done is that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is King over all. He rules over all. He rules over the darkness. He rules over the light. He rules over uh, things on earth, above the earth, and under the earth. In other words, the whole spiritual realm is under His authority. And at the end, uh, here we are at the end of our church calendar year. We simply celebrate that fundamental, absolute truth that the church embraces and believes that he truly is the one and true and only Lord, Jesus Christ. I'm simply going to try to answer one question about that while we simply celebrate that and just accept that in faith, that that is true. And of course, this one Lord came to earth, this one Lord Jesus offered himself on the cross. This one Lord substituted himself for us. He came for us in our salvation. And uh, yet we have all these world religions. We have Islam. We have Judaism from which we, our own roots uh, come. We have Hinduism. We have Buddhism. We have Zoroastrianism. We have all these other world religions. And some liberal-minded folks say, well, yes, there are many paths to God. There are lots of ways to get there. Jesus is your way, and this is my way. And, and the, the, the um, Christians are rather, it's been called the scandal of particularity. We are rather scandalous about this because we actually push back and say, no, there's actually only one way to God. Uh, Jesus says in John's gospel, the 14th chapter, I am the way, the one way. I am the truth, the one truth. I am the life. The one way to live life is under his guidance. And then what does he say next? No one comes to the Father except through me. Scandalous. Other people are scandalized by it. There are liberal thinking Christians who say that's scandalous to us. There must be many ways to the Father, not just one way. So then do we, 
Do we take Jesus at his word or do we say, well, Jesus is wrong about that. He just, that was a little bit, that's a little bit too much. No one comes to the Father except through me. I believe there's a possibility of another answer and I've shared this other answer with you before, but I'm going to remind you of it today. This came um, from the lips of a Muslim who was part of a street gang in New Jersey. His name is Dallas Wilson. He ultimately became an Anglican priest, and, uh, but he began as a Muslim in a street gang. And I heard him preaching once, and uh, he said, you know, there, uh, they say there are many paths to God. See, that's what we're talking about. Is there one path or many paths? He said, he said, he said that's not true. He said, there are many paths to Jesus. There's only one path to God. And then he made his own personal testimony. He said, I know. I was a Muslim on the streets of New Jersey, part of a gang. And he said, I was converted by an Episcopal priest. This was a Dallas and black man saying a, a white Episcopal priest converted him to the faith. And he said, I know. He said, there are many paths to Jesus, but he is the only path to God. So I live with this understanding that when it's all said and done, when the world is finished, when it's all over, God in his own majesty and in his own mystery, the Father will bring all these other world religions under the lordship of Jesus. That all will ultimately say, Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Um, and meanwhile, I think one can agree and offer that all these other religions have something appealing about them. Usually what's appealing about them are those things that are related to love or being concerned for others. Buddhism, Hinduism, they, they all have a quality of that. And so I love this idea. So, so are all these religions wrong? Well, they're not completely wrong. And one way to describe them is wherever these other world religions agree with the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, they have a truth. It's part of their faith. And so if, if Islam says, love your neighbor and take care of them, well, that agrees with the message of the cross. Where Islam says, if your brother's not willing to convert to Islam, kill him, that is a direct contradiction to the message of the cross. And yet there are verses in the Quran that seem, apparently say that. And it's part of the reason why we have these, uh, these religious wars sometimes with, with Islam. Um, so offering a bottom line, um, there are not many paths to God, but there are many paths to Jesus. There's only one path to God. We have the privilege of living under that Christian truth that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We interact occasionally with people who have no faith, who have a different faith. What would Jesus do when he met people with no faith or met people of another faith? And I would say without hesitation, why he loved them. He met them where they were and he loved them. That's how he shared his gospel. You think of stories like the woman at the, Samar the Samaritan woman at the well. She's a foreigner to Judaism. She is marked not part of the, of the Jewish faith. They have their own religion, their own temple and all that. What does he do with that Samaritan woman? He meets her where she is at that well, and he loves her there. And he draws her towards him with his love.
So that's our task when we deal with other world faiths, is we don't say, you're all going to hell. We simply love them with the love of the Lord and let God take, take care of the rest of the story. So uh, that's one slice of celebrating the feast of Christ the King, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who is the way, the truth, and the life who is all that he says he is. It's all true. And this one is not a problem. (laughs) And this is also the one who emptied himself, took the form of a servant, and offered himself obedient even unto death, even death on a cross for us. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. We'll say the confession in a few minutes, and part of the introduction to the, I'm sorry, part of the absolution of the confession is, so everyone who comes to the Father seeking forgiveness, your sins are forgiven. The slate's wiped clean. The barrier between us and the Lord is removed. We are saved. Wow. Amen.